Alright, hello everybody. Thank you guys for coming back for another episode of Ayuda, I Failed Spanish, and today we have a treat for you. I am excited to be interviewing and chatting with the one and only Ford Quarterman. Ford, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, it's a pleasure. I definitely am down to help collaborate with anyone, you know, trying to learn Spanish. It's an amazing language and it's changed my life. And Julie is an old friend from college, so happy to be here. I love it. Yeah, and I actually was introduced to you and your content a couple years ago when I was teaching from my friend turned boss, Ellie Mela, who is fantastic. She was Ellie Gearlings then, but I've heard about you for many years. Super excited that we finally have the opportunity to sit down and kind of discuss what you're doing with Spanish. So for our listeners, would you mind taking a moment and just explaining who you are, kind of what your elevator pitch of your career is, and then I want to dive into how this all happened. Yeah, sure. I, you know, after college, I'd, I, I've always had an interest in Spanish ever since I was a young kid, and, and I actually wanted to go to Latin America and fully submerse myself to learn the language after I graduated college. But uh, then I kind of had a really good job offer. So I decided to see what the quote unquote real world was like. And after working for a few years and saving up money, I, you know, had my career path in front of me, kind of like the normal nine to five job at a really good corporation. And it just, you know, it wasn't enough. And I was just too young and too restless to choose it. So I quit and went traveling and I got my teaching English as a second language degree and went to Latin America and kind of kind of fulfilled my dream of learning Spanish. I fully immersed myself and I went to Costa Rica to start. And, um, and there, yeah, I, I enrolled in kind of intensive classes for about two months and lived with a Costa Rican family for six months and changed all of my devices, my computer, my Facebook, my, my, my phone, everything I would consume, I would try to consume it in Spanish. And I finally started getting the hang of it. And and then after traveling through almost all of Latin America, uh, including driving my car down the Pan American Highway for a couple of years from the United States to the end of the line in Tierra del Fuego, Argentina, down there in Patagonia, I kind of just saw the whole continent and really, really fell in love with not just the language, but the people and the culture and the food and, and just their way of life and came back and my favorite country uh, out of all of them was Mexico, which to the average gringo or, you know, American right. sounds, sounds kind of boring and unexotic. Uh, it, that's how I thought it was at, at the beginning. But after going just about everywhere, I just realized Mexico had the total package for me. And I, and I started making content in Spanish uh, about why I thought you know, Latin America, but specifically Mexico is, is so great. And now it's just really taken off. And kind of my mission now is just to create, yeah, bilingual content to improve understandings between Latinos and gringos and uh, break down, you know, negative stereotypes and, and just really show how awesome Latinos and, and their culture are and how much they add to our country and how much we need each other. And and how much we can learn from each other. And, and I just really hope to kind of build bridges between our, our, our countries instead of, instead of walls. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that entire, your mission takes time. So I have a lot of respect as somebody who's just now dipping a toe into even doing a podcast in 
creating my own brand in seeing somebody who has a passion for Spanish and for connecting and uniting. It's very exciting and encouraging to have people like you to look up to in the professional setting of using language to, again, connect. I do want to come back to your career with Spanish. I'd love to, though, jump all the way back to how you started to learn Spanish. So what did that look like for you? Was it public school, private school, family? When did it all start? Okay, well, actually, from a very young age, I was placed in a, in a kind of like a gifted class, um, which, to be honest, with you, it doesn't say that much. I'm from a rural community, and yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I was one of the smarter kids, uh, but was placed with other gifted students, and we learned above and beyond kind of the normal curriculum. And, and one of the things they incorporated was, you know, little Spanish lessons here and there uh, a few times a week. and that kind of piqued my interest in it. And, and then when I would see, you know, from time to time, people speaking Spanish, I'm not from a place, I'm from rural Georgia, where there's not many Latinos. But from time to time, I would come across and I just found it fascinating to, to see these people interacting and communicating in a completely different, you know, language um, than my own and, and see kind of non-verbally how they would, you know, feed off of each other. And it was just fascinating to me because I'm a very extroverted, very vocal person. But then, you know, when it came time to choose a foreign language in high school, it was a no-brainer. I chose I chose Spanish, and, and that was when I yeah. started learning like really like lessons, and you know, out of a book. And there's a lot of errors and 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 faults in the public uh, school system in our country, anyways. But even so, it was enough to pique my interest in Spanish. And to where I took a, a few additional classes that were unnecessary in college. And I was always the type of guy, you know, as I was in college, you know, growing up and, you know, teenager and then into my early 20s, I would try to speak Spanish to Latinos when I encountered them. And I think this is key. Uh, this is kind of going off of, off of your topic of your question, but you have to be intentional speaking the language. You can't learn a language mm. if you're scared to speak it. And I spoke garbage Spanish back then, but I had still seeked out, sought out opportunities to do it. And even with my garbage Spanish, Latinos were always very, very ready and, uh, and, and helpful to kind of, you know, engage in a conversation with me. You could tell that they appreciated it. And I, realized that even when I spoke poorly and, and yeah. And then I, when I decided to finally go to Latin America and submerse myself, I went and I was like, Oh yeah, I got this. Like I, because by my standard as like an average gringo an average American, I spoke quote unquote good Spanish. And when I went to Latin America and fully submersed myself in it, it was like, I didn't speak any Spanish. It was, I was completely in over my head and I really right. had to learn to swim, you know, to j kind of jump in, you know, swim or sink. And, and that was when I really started learning it. And that was about 2013. Okay. And so, I mean, going with that, was there a moment that you remember when it all clicked or really it just, you felt more confident? Yeah, there was a moment and that was in Argentina in about 2014. So like I said, I went to Costa Rica in 2013 and I lived there for about 10 months and, and really hit the ground running and really put my head down. And, and it was, I mean, it was my main goal in life. 
and I kind of justified the fact that I, I quit. I, I got out of the system. Whereas most people are like, well, what are you doing? Like you're in your mid twenties now going to your later twenties. Like you're not working. You're not, what about retirement? What about the future? What about blah, blah, blah. And I kind of justified like not working in the traditional sense, uh, you know, in the sense yeah. that I was learning another language and I was capacitandome, as they say in Spanish, like capacitating myself, like, you know, learning. And, and yeah. that was my, that was my education. And I also got a girlfriend, uh, fairly quickly. Uh, she was a Mexican girl that I met in Costa Rica and that really helped. But yeah, to answer your question in 2014, I went to the world cup in Brazil and just taking advantage of being down there, I crossed back to Argentina and Bolivia and some other Spanish speaking countries and really kind of the light bulb moment for me, which is, I guess after, you know, about, uh, a year or so after initially moving to Costa Rica and really taking it seriously, it was like the moment where it was like, like the aha moment. And I was in a hostel in Northwestern Argentina and, and I was traveling backpacking with my brother and, and I was telling a story to Argentinians and I kind of got to like the punchline or whatever. And, and everyone started laughing and, and I, and I kind of looked over at my brother and my brother was kind of looking like incredulously at me, like, like through these eyes, like yeah. <laughs> this look in his face, like, who is this, who, who is this guy? And what did you do with my brother? Yeah. And, and in was that moment I was like, wow, like I I'm finally getting this because, you know, humans have an inherent desire to communicate and express themselves. And that's why so many people stop when they learn another language is because they feel like they don't get that satisfaction of being able to fully express themselves and relate. And, you know, people enjoy being funny and being sarcastic and telling stories and, 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 and being captivating. Right. I, I know I yeah. do. And this was kind of like one of those first moments where I was doing it in another language, two native speakers. And it was like, man, I'm finally getting this. And, and then from that moment forward, it was like traveling for the first time all over again. It was like a right. different, different style of traveling. Now I'm traveling in a different language and it, and it was addicting. And that was when I got addicted to it. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go all over Latin America and do this all over Latin America. I can't get enough. I love it. That I mean, and I have often heard, and correct me if I'm way off, but comedy in another language is one of the best indicators of true fluency just because of all the nuances in different styles of comedy across culture. And so when you're able to tell a comedic story or really understand some of the jokes, it it really does kind of boost a bit of your fluency. Would you relate with that? Oh, what 100% because, and once again, I'm sure it depends on everyone's personality. Uh, but I'm the type of guy where I, I like, like if I make fun of you, chances are you're my, you're my friend, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I'm, you know, kind of like <laughs> Julie will laugh at this in the background, but like bros like to rip on each other. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a bro thing. I mean, maybe not, it's not just, re just, just reserved to, to, to guys, but me specifically, I enjoy joking around and being sarcastic and poking fun at people. And I enjoy it when people do it to me. To me, that's like an indicator of, of trust and friendship. And yes, that was actually before I went to Argentina. When I was in Costa Rica, I was with an Argentinian guy volunteering in the jungle. And he, Argentinians are very sarcastic and very, 
bromistas. They're, 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 they're jokers. And mm-hmm. I could tell he was like ripping on me and making fun of me and, and, but, but in good nature, you know what I mean? Like in, in right. Buena Onda. And, and when that happens, like you really got to get the hang of it or, to keep up. And, and yeah. that is, that is totally an indicator of, of a cert, reaching a certain level of uh, proficiency in a language is when you can do that because that is that's that's real connection and that's real friendship. You know when you can cross that level of trust and and engage in humor and and sarcasm. For sure. Well, I mean to kind of wrap up the education portion of our conversation. I know you mentioned some of your thoughts about the system of learning language in the States. And I know that you have some well thought out ideas about it, but would you be able to elaborate briefly just on your take on learning language, kind of your experience with it uh, in the formal school setting versus when you started to travel and pick up by just being immersed? Yeah, well, you know, I can only speak on my particular experience. Um, but once again, I'm from a place where there was few Latinos. And then I went to college and I was in kind of a bubble separated from a lot of Latinos as well. Um, so I'm sure certain people will have more exposure to the language. Right. But yeah, like something I noticed in the public system, public school system is that yeah, the the teachers are gringos as well, and you're obviously in a class with a bunch of gringos, uh, you know, English speakers, and yep. then and then even a lot of the text text material, a lot of the books, uh, at least in the ones that that I used, were kind of just I don't want to say garbage, but they they would teach you unnecessary things. Like I, I remember, I always joke the first phrase or the first question I learned in Spanish class was. Donde está la biblioteca? Like, where is the li- <laughs> where is the library? Yeah. You know, and, and you know, I guess there was more libraries around back in two thousand five or whenever I, you know, that happened. Yeah. But 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 not really. Yeah. I mean, kinda, I guess. But I mean, who asks for the library? I mean, unless in you're English either, yeah. In in English, yeah, or in 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 any language, like, who asks for the library? No, tell me something more. Tell me, give me something that's more applicable. And I also remember that they told us, like, you know, like, como estas, like, estoy bien or estoy mal, like, I'm not doing good or I'm doing well. And then I remember in my book, they taught us, like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right or, like, so-so. I remember they taught us it was así, así, which yeah. is the worst, like, Google translation I've ever, I've ever heard. Right. Like, okay, so what would you say for people listening in, if you want to say, like, eh, I'm okay. You, you would say you would say más o menos, like more or less, mm-hmm. which which you don't just say that in English. Oh, I'm more or less, like you know. You would say I'm so so, or like I'm I'm all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the the translation for that, like the best translation, the most common universal translation in the Spanish speaking world is más o menos. But they taught us así así because así that translates to like this, like that. And yeah. it's, that's, it's, it's, it's a horrible translation. So the point is, is that I'm sure there's better textbooks out there. There's better professors, there's better environments, better schools in general than the one I went to. But in general, I feel the only way to truly learn a language fluently is, is to, is to immerse yourself in it. And that doesn't mean you have to go travel into a different country, but you do, if you're in the United States, you do have to strive to, 
to immerse yourself in a Latino community and have Latino friends and force yourself to speak and force yourself to consume content in Spanish, read in Spanish, watch the news in Spanish, the newspaper, change yeah. your phone to Spanish, stuff like that. It, it's, it's something, the whole, the whole concept of like, you see all these apps or all these programs online, not learn Spanish in six weeks or take this course and, and you'll be fluent in three months. And no, it, it all, it all depends on what you do when the course ends. Yeah, and, 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 and even all over Latin America, there's, there's thousands and thousands of, of Spanish speaking students, people taking Spanish courses all over Latin America. And from the outside looking in, you would say, oh, these people are fully immersed. But no, they, they go to these really touristy places like these beach surf towns or like these beautiful, you know, uh, Pueblo Magico's like magic towns, like these, these places where there's a high concentration of English speakers. And then they might do an intensive course and they might pay good money for it. And, and the courses are usually awesome. But when they leave the course, they meet up with their backpacking buddy from Australia and go drink a beer and, right. and go hang out and, and speak English all day until the next day when they go back into class. And unless you're some kind of like genius or just sponge, like you have a, a, an amazing mind for learning, I, I don't think it's too conducive to, to truly learning the language. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, and you mentioned, so you mentioned really immersing yourself both in going out and connecting with people, but also what you're able to do at home and the media that you're consuming. So just my personal question for you, what does that look like for you? Do you have shows that you enjoy binging in Spanish? Are you a music guy? Well, it's kind of come back the other way now. Now I enjoy like watching stuff back in English again because I I kind of I kind of miss it. Um yeah. but but starting out, yeah, starting out I would listen I think podcasts like this one are huge, um but podcasts in Spanish. There's a podcast that I think is great for uh Spanish speakers and learners of all levels. It's called La Casa Rojas, The Red House, and it's a, a Peruvian guy who lives in Minnesota and he's married to uh a woman from Minnesota and he makes great great content. There's another podcast called notes in Spanish. And it's an English guy who's married to a Spaniard girl. Uh, okay. and, and I, the podcasts were big for me because I, as I was in Costa Rica and I was living with a family, um, and going to, to, to classes, at least for, you know, a couple months, I would be doing a lot of walking or a lot of time on the bus, or I would be doing, um, I don't know anything that doesn't re that doesn't require your full undivided attention, and I would just pop in a podcast and listen to it, and it was really good. Music is is huge. Music because you know you can get lyric. Music is is catchy, right? And the word in Spanish yep. is pegajosa, like it's it's sticky. Uh, it sticks in your mind. You know, a solid melody, a solid chorus. And you can be singing like a, a verse in Spanish without, before you know it, without even knowing what it means. And printing off lyrics and, and following along with Spanish, Spanish songs is a great way uh, to learn. You imitate the sounds. Um, yes, changing your phone, changing your computer, your Facebook, your Instagram, everything to Spanish things that people use all the time um, is, a, is a big deal. Uh, there's, um, yeah, 
obviously, if you have access to it, um, you know, like Univision and Telemundo and like other Spanish channels, that's a great way. But ultimately, you need to be speaking. 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 And I couldn't tell you a a, a good tool for that other than taking like courses or like tutoring. You know what I mean? Because it's not like you you can watch TV or a movie and, and imitate. I've 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 heard of people doing that. Like as they're watching a movie, they put mm-hmm. the subtitles on and they watch a scene and then stop it and then try to say it back. I, a huge thing for me was reading out loud. I read, I reread the Harry Potter series in Spanish and I recommend that to everyone. It doesn't have to be yeah. Harry Potter, but I think of a book or a series of books that you've read already to where you know the story and you know the context and it's obviously something you enjoyed. Uh, you know, something that doesn't have a super complicated like level of like language, like a reading level, doesn't use massive words all the time. And something that is, yes, very interesting. And you read it out loud in in voz alta, like, yeah, out loud. And man, that really, really helped me in my pronunciation. And it definitely helped me with a lot of vocabulary. I would underline new words and then go look them up. I also would carry around a little notebook with me everywhere for the literally like the first year of my life in Latin America. I had this perfectly shaped and sized notebook that I would have in my back pocket with a pen. And I would literally just as the day progressed, I would stop people and I'd be like, what was that word? And mm. I get it and I get it out and I'd write it down and I'd define it and I would go over it at night and and you know, they say the best time to to study vocabulary and, and, and memorize vocabulary is right before you go to bed. So I would do that as well. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I love that. I mean, yeah, there are, there are so many practical ways to just begin to immerse yourself if you can't travel. And granted, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. So traveling can often look a lot different right now. So thank you for sharing those. And because it is music week, here on the podcast, I'm going to just ask rapid fire, who are two artists that you love listening to, Spanish speakers, that you would say, you got to start listening to these people. If you like good music, you want to move a little bit, who do you love? Um, I would say uh, Silvio Rodriguez is really good. Silvio Rodriguez is a, is a Cuban singer, songwriter. He's kind of uh kind of regarded as kind of like the Bob Dylan of the Spanish speaking world just a beautiful songwriter um with very deep thought provoking lyrics philosophical lyrics politically charged lyrics uh and obviously a very talented guitar player and in a in a beautiful voice so Sil- Silvio Rodriguez is is definitely one of them uh and and then I would also listen to Mercedes Sosa, uh, who's also known as La Negrita. She was she's Argentinian and was also just like kind of like a beautiful, like booming, like uh, almost opera style voice. She's she's a really good one. And and those are good. I like listening to a lot of reggaeton. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Like I, I listen to a lot of like people like Bad Bunny and J Balvin. I think everyone knows them. But yeah. you know that might not be the best for people starting out because it's kind of like a lot of like crude uh, lyrics. Yeah. And, <laughs> You're not wrong. And, uh, yeah, and uh, and also really rapid fire, like really they speak really quickly. Um, uh, so that might not be the best for people starting out. 
Mana is a really good Mexican band, M-A-N-A, yeah. with a with a with a tilde, like a little accent over the second A. They're they're really good. Mana. Yeah, okay. there's there, there's a couple. Love it. Well, thank you. I kind of want to wrap up our time together looking at what you're doing now, what the future looks like for you, and talk a little bit about Los Gringos, which I am low-key obsessed with. So can you talk us through what your current professional life with Spanish looks like and then all the details? The professional life? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, first off, nothing I do is super professional. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's definitely something that has just happened out of nowhere that I'm, I'm learning as I go. I'm, I'm kind of polishing as I go. I think most people who kind of like blow up on the internet that's that's the case they kind of just blow up out of nowhere i mean you see that that dog face dude just riding his <laughs> that super yes, yeah. <laughs> i mean that dude just blew up out of nowhere i mean you look at that guy you know what i mean like he he is awesome i i checked him out you know last night and went through a bunch of his content super interesting super interesting and entertaining guy but would you call that guy professional you know what i mean that's the beauty that's the beauty of right. the internet the internet now and viral content is like it seems to be most people blowing up now are not professional and they kind of figure out how to be professional later. So let me just give that disclaimer. I'm not professional at all, but right now, like, yeah, what I do is I, I connected on my travels with a couple other Spanish speaking gringos like myself that it was really like kind of like a bromance from the beginning. I was like, man, I've never met these white boys from the United States who love Latin American culture and speak Spanish so fluently before, you know, like, like, like me, like, man, this is awesome. And, and they kind of encouraged me to do what I do now. They, they were, they loved all of Latin America, but they had their favorite country. Right. And there's like this Peruvian gringo and there's this, uh, Argentinian gringo and, and a guy from Paraguay and they started making content and they're like, man, you should do what we do. What's your favorite country? And I said, you know, Mexico. And they said, well, make a video in Spanish with like, I don't know, you know, a couple of reasons as to why you love Mexico and why you think it's the best and it will go viral. And I was like, ah, I don't know. You know, I already don't like how addicted I am to my phone, et cetera, et cetera. And kind of just like denied it for a couple, almost a year. And then I finally did it and, and it worked. So now, and then once I started seeing all the messages roll in, you know, after I made a few more videos as well of people just so like appreciative and so thankful for the content that I make, then it, it kind of, it kind of inspired me to continue because I, I, I always thought it was kind of, kind of like lame and douchey to, to make content online is like record, yeah. rec record yourself, like the vloggers. Like I, I couldn't get into it. I couldn't get into like recording myself and go, oh, check this out, man. I'm up this sick yeah. waterfall, <laughs> you know, like wish y'all were here. Your life sucks. My life's awesome. Like this, like, and right. share this, you know what I mean? It just kind of seemed like kind of lame to me. But then when I started doing this style of content and I started receiving these messages, I started seeing that it was important for people. It was important for Latinos and Mexicans to see that there's people in the United States that really appreciate them as a, as a culture and people and as a country and, and really acknowledge all the ways that they're, that they're great and really tell stories of inspiring things they do and, and, and how they've inspired me. And then it just became bigger than me and, and it kind of justified it in my head. I was like, okay, I can do this because this is like meaningful to other people. And I think, yeah. and I think this is, I'm onto something here. 
And I really just, yeah. So if you want to say my professional life kind of now is like, I would say it's like my mission, which is kind of what I described to you at the beginning. Like I just, I want to produce content that, that bridges the gap between, between our continent. And, and that's why I use the word gringo. And I don't like to use the word like American or like Americano is because like we're all from the American continent. And I, and I want right. to promote, I want to promote that unity that like we're all Americans. Like even though you might speak a different language, you might speak Spanish from Argentina or Colombia or, or Peru, or you might speak Portuguese from, from Brazil. We're ultimately all Americans and, and, man, we can do so much to unite our content. Like so many Americans, you know, gringos travel to Europe when they travel internationally. And I'm just like, well, there's all this stuff like right of like a, a couple hour flight away, like, and, and, yeah. and learn another language while you travel. It really makes it that much more, uh, fulfilling and rewarding. And, and yeah, so I, I get together with these Los Gringos guys and, and we make we all have our own individual channels and pages. But when we get together, it's kind of just a unique, a unique dynamic, you know? It's like I don't think anyone's ever seen like four four white boys, you know, like Chad, Clayton, Ford, and Dustin, you know, just the most right. ba- <laughs> the most basic bro white white boy like gringo names there are. But then we open our mouths and you know, we're kind of like Latinos and we make content, you know, like, uh, you know, making fun of each other, having little competitions, like which Spanish is better or which, not which Spanish is better, but like, how is it different? And we have little yeah. competitions between our countries. And, and that's what my professional life is, is, is to basically just unite the Americas through bilingual, multicultural content. And I invite everyone out there listening to, to follow along, you know, we subtitle a lot of our content, most of it. So beginners can follow along and and i hope to to show latinos around the world like how how cool you know gringos can be and how much we really do appreciate and and acknowledge uh your your cultures and your countries and and i hope to show gringos people in the united states uh you know what's possible if you really do stick with your spanish your Spanish education and, and, and how cool these places really are. And they're not as dangerous as people say they are, et cetera, et cetera. I love it. Well, and really guys, if you're listening, Los Gringos is phenomenal. Uh, Los, I Gringos, actually... Los Gringos TV. Los Gringos TV is what it's called. Yes. Yes. Okay. So guys, give them a follow. Also give four to follow. I had, so Dustin, I was following Dustin for a while and using some of his content in my classes and so nice. when we all connected for this podcast and it clicked who you were in relation to who he was into Los Gringos TV and all of that, my mind exploded. Uh, and it was it was awesome. You guys are doing a lot to bring unity, which we need right now. Um, so thank you. And as we as we wrap up, I want to ask you for two quick things. On our podcast, we love to share some modismos and some what we call sabes que. So first, do you have an idiom, a saying, or a vocab word that you just love in Spanish? It can be like a, yeah, like a anything, right? Like a saying or... Yeah, saying would be great or a word either. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's this saying that Mexicans say. Mexicans are just very happy, friendly, and easygoing people. And, and, you know, Mexicans enjoy, 
not all of them, but as a culture, as a kind of like a collective culture, I would say it's definitely a culture of, of like fiestas and good times. And, and, and they produce delicious drinks in Mexico. Everyone knows about tequila uh, and, yes, you know, cer- certain cocktails and beers and stuff that come from Mexico. Uh, probably the most famous liquor the new liquor on the block kind of taking the world by storm uh, is called Mezcal. Mezcal, uh, which comes from the state of Oaxaca in, in, in Mexico. And there's a saying that they have all over Mexico, but especially in, in Oaxaca, and it kind of applies to really any scenario. They say, para todo, they say, para todo mal, mezcal. Para todo bien, también. I love that. So what does that mean, Jameson? For everything, for everything bad, we got some mezcal. And for everything good, also some mezcal. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Para todo mal, mezcal. Para todo bien, también. And I, like, I just like that saying, you know, because... And that's the thing is, like, people think that drinking culture, like tequila and mezcal is to get drunk. Like, it, that's not necessarily the case. Mexicans really enjoy sipping on mezcal mezcal is actually meant to be sipped and enjoyed kind of like a fine wine uh it's very very uh artisanal how they produce it It, it's a fascinating tradition that they've preserved for hundreds and hundreds of years they cook it in the ground blah 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 and when they spend that much work on it it's not to shoot and take shots and to emborracharte like get drunk right no it's to enjoy your the fruits of your labors and and really you know, the, the, the taste of the earth and, and to slow down and sit down and, and enjoy yourself with some good company, you know, and then a good yeah. drink. I love tequila. That is my drink of choice. And mezcal is, I am learning how to enjoy it and truly enjoy it because it is, it is a bold taste. Oh, bold it taste. is. It is I an, it, it is an acquired taste. That's for sure. The first couple times i drank it i did not like it at all and now now i i love it um definitely with some worm salt some ground up worms from the from the maguey plants uh ground up with some salt on some oranges with a nice a nice smoky mezcal from the oaxacan highlands it doesn't get much better than that there's also a very traditional saying about tequila that they say all over mexico that's really universally understood and, and recognized and that is Tequila makes her clothes fall off. <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, thank you so much, Ford, for taking the time to talk with us today. And listeners, I hope you guys are as excited as I am about this episode and the conversation. And I hope you're leaving with a little bit of inspiration to switch your phone into Spanish dive into some good Spotify playlists and really begin to practice speaking your Spanish. Ford, before we go, where can our listeners find you and what kind of plug would you like to give? Yeah. And also, you know, especially with the quarantine and, and, and technology, how it's been going the past couple of years, but also quarantine and the new norm and, you know, COVID and all that. There's so many people doing like Zoom lessons and video calls and Skype lessons. And, you know, f- you can find a, a one-on-one Spanish tutor. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of them out there uh, that will be happy to speak with you and and, and practice with you and and, t- and teach you more about their country and their culture. So take advantage of that as well. That's 
something that did not exist really when I started uh, learning Spanish. So that's something that you all can take advantage of. And that's what everyone should do. Cause once again, the key is speaking and speaking and speaking and making errors and you're not improving unless you're making errors. It's not easy. You're not going to get anywhere unless you're banging your head against the wall, just making error one error after the other and sounding kind of like a fool. Yeah. You, you know, there's, Everyone says, oh, I, I understand more than I speak. Or, yeah, I can read it and I can understand it, but I just don't speak it that well. Guess what? That's everyone. Like, that's not just yeah. you. <laughs> that's everyone. And that's because almost everyone doesn't like sounding like, you know, like they can't form a sentence. I mean, right. you have to get over that embarrassment. You have to get over that shame, you know, and... People will appreciate it when you try to learn their language, and they'll and they will welcome you uh, into their culture and 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 be happy to correct you. So, so don't be scared to do that. And and yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. You can find me everywhere. Um, you know, mostly mostly YouTube and Facebook and, and Instagram. Just my name, Ford Quarterman, Ford like the like the truck, and Quarterman with a Q, like twenty five cents. Man, Ford Quarterman. And uh, my group's called Los Gringos TV. Check us out, guys. And hopefully you can find some more inspiration there. Excellent. Well, hasta luego y adios, guys. We will see you next week for our final week of the season. Muchas gracias. Hasta la próxima. Ciao. Ayuda is produced by Rock Rising. Follow us on Instagram at Spanish to learn along with us. Adios. Hasta luego. Hasta pronto. Hasta mañana. Ciao.